What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Oz Hoopers TV Weekly Drop. Uh, thank you guys for the continuous support. Obviously, if you guys are returning listeners, um, if you're new, please follow us on whatever streaming platform you are listening on and please follow us on Instagram at Oz Hoopers TV. Um, we just dropped Kuat Noi. Uh, he's in for a big season forward for the Cairns Taipans. Um, and we've got uh, Kyle Adnam episode dropping soon. Today, we're going to be talking about the NBA just started. Obviously, big, big season so far. Um, a few a few um, surprising players, a few surprising teams, a few disappointing teams. Uh, we'll get into the Aussies and stuff like that. Um, there's more Ben Simmons news. Uh, every week, something seems to pop up. We'll touch on that. Jack White is eyeing a return. We'll touch on that as well. And then at the end of the episode, we will do our questions of the week. Hesh, how you been? Good, man. I've been uh, been well. Same old, man. Just, just staying with the weekly grind of it all and enjoying the NBA. That's back. It's taken over my days, man. I, every time I open my phone, I'll go to check scores and highlights or whatever it is, man. So, so that's been great to have that day-to-day. For sure. Um, NBA is wild right now. Um, Crazy. Crazy. Before we start, um, I want to thank everyone uh, for 20,000 Instagram followers. Uh, been a long time coming, but we finally hit it. Uh, we appreciate it. And yeah, thank you guys. So we'll get the episode started. Uh, first of all, the Aussies that are in the NBA, I'll quickly listen for people listening that don't know. We have Patty Mills on the Brooklyn Nets. We have Josh Giddy on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've got Jock Landau playing for the San Antonio Spurs in his rookie NBA season. Uh, we have Josh Green for the Dallas Mavericks, Joe Ingles on the Utah Jazz, and Matisse Thibel on the 76ers. So let's start. Um, I think the most... We'll start off with um, Josh Green uh, and the Dallas Mavericks. They went to get up against the Atlanta Hawks um, on... Is it Friday? Is it Friday? I'm trying to think. Is that our Saturday? So, yeah, their, their Friday is our Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Josh Green went up against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday. Uh, Dallas Mavericks got absolutely smashed, uh, 113 to 87. Josh Green got four minutes and two points. That's the only game the Dallas Mavericks have played so far. Is Are we in for another season where Josh Green is on the bench? Probably. It looks like it so far. I mean, four no, minutes in the first game so, yeah. garbage time. Not because I don't think Josh Green's nice. I just think situation, opportunity, and all that stuff. And he, I think he's got a bit of work to do with decision making, ball in his hands, and playing it at a, a at a kind of more controlled tempo and controlled pace. Um, but I think there'll be patches in the season. I'm hoping that he comes to the party defensively, and they can utilize him on that end of the floor because he can guard the ball, man. He's really, really athletic, and 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 he's a good on ball ball defender. So I'm hoping it's he doesn't ride the bench, but I have a feeling he will. To be honest. Um, yeah, not, not a great start to the Dallas Mavericks season, obviously a 26 point loss, but yeah, we'll see how they go. I think they, I think they beat the Raptors after that. And uh, Josh Green didn't see the court. Um, Jock Landau, obviously he saw the court, um, for the Spurs. He got four minutes and got his first NBA bucket. Um, obviously I wasn't really expecting Jock to come out at the gates and get minutes. Um, but yeah, no minutes the next game against the Bucks. Hopefully, we see Jock Landau touch the court. Um, I think he's got huge potential. He was obviously on me and Hesh's, um, Hesh and I's surprise list to surprise people next season as one of our Aussies. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Matisse Thibel is definitely something we have to touch on. 
there's been a lot of people speculating his uh, usage and production, especially on Twitter. Philly fans aren't too happy, obviously, after a big boomers campaign. Um, he's come out a bit rocky. Uh, first game, he had four steals, uh, looked good defensively. I also pitched in a block. Um, but with Simmons out, uh, I thought he'd step up a little bit and play a bigger role. He had two points, uh, zero assists, one rebound against the Pelicans, and then followed it up against the Nets with four points, three assists, one rebound. Both of those in 25-ish minutes. What's wrong with Matisse Seibel? Is he still uh, finding his feet offensively? What does he need to work on? No, nothing's wrong with Matisse Thibault, man. I think he's he's fine. He's anyone that watches the game. I watched the Brooklyn Philly game, and um, uh, he's he's active on the defensive end. He's got his hands on the ball. He's you see he's he's, he's you know he's playing twenty three minutes, twenty five minutes, twenty seven minutes. So he's it's a big piece of what they do. And you look at the numbers, you can be like, what? Well, he's not doing anything. But man, like he's he's not there to score the ball. He's not going to have twenty pieces this season. Like that's not why he's there. Come playoff time though. If Philly are in the hunt, dude, he's going to be a huge piece of why they're successful. So I think it's just about identity and figuring out what he actually provides. And, and you can't really look at the numbers for a guy like Thibault because he does too many intangible things to yeah. the guarding people and doing all that. And, and, you know, I don't think anything's wrong with him early days too. So I think he, he's fine. And, and I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed with with where he's at and he's contributing in terms of minutes and, and, and value that he's adding. So I'm, I'm pleased with him. Um, Joe Ingles. Uh, is doing Joe what Joe Ingles does. <laughs> um, he played very well against the OKC Thunder. Obviously, we posted a video on our YouTube. Uh, 14 points, uh, shot 50% from deep. Crazy game for Joe Ingles. Um, three assists, three boards. Um, didn't play much against the Kings because uh, he got ejected with a flagrant two foul. Bit questionable. What are your thoughts on the foul? I'm a... I'm a... Purist, man. Flagrant, for sure. Dude, contact. I don't know about flagrant too, though. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, it's just one of those things that's like, you got to look at the, look at it for what it is. I'm reading a bunch of comments from people that are just like, oh, cupcake league, pussy. I'm like, if you get up as high as Davion Mitchell just did and you get pushed in the air, you have a chance of breaking your neck like yeah. that. And I'm not, I'm not saying what Joe Ingles did was, was dirty. I just think it was, is a little bit, should have been a little bit smarter and more controlled with his with his movement. Like he just shouldn't have taken that extra step and just stopped his momentum earlier. And you make contact with someone in the air, I think you're at risk of injuring them. So you unfortunately, I'm not saying it was intentional, but you have to pay the price for it. Um, I don't know, flagrant one, flagrant two, not sure, but definitely, definitely not his kind of most switched on play that Joe Ingles yeah. could have done. Um, but yeah, Joe Ingles is a is a bucket man. Like this guy's gonna have a, a huge season. Um, and we obviously spoke to to Carl Adnam, and he reckons Utah's going to win the chip. Sure, which is very surprising. We'll see. I mean, I, I picked Donovan Mitchell as one of my top three MVP candidates. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I think Utah, first in the West last year, obviously they can't get things to click in the postseason. But, you know, if they come up against the right opponents and make things click, yeah, no, Utah can make a push. They've got all the right pieces, you know, defending big. They got a they got a scorer in Donovan Mitchell. They got Conley, experienced guard. They got wings in Bojan and uh, Ingles. So we'll see what Utah can do. I uh, don't want anyone to be surprised if they go far though. Josh Giddy. Now we'll talk about how we're feeling about Josh Giddy's play so far. Um, first game, I'll read out the stats. They have lost to U- They lost to Utah by 
19, uh, 21, sorry. He had four points, three assists, 10 rebounds, which is huge. Second game, they lost to the Houston Rockets by 33. Yeah. Um, He had six points, four assists, two boards. And then they just recently today lost to Philadelphia by 12, where he had his biggest game so far, possibly of his career. Um, he had 19 points, seven assists, eight rebounds, and four steals. Before we get into how he's playing and how he's looking, Hash, are you a little bit scared that he might crack the triple-double? Yeah, no, nah, come on. I didn't think it was going to happen. But, like, I, bro, I'm, I'm never going to hate on someone's achievements. Like, if they do something well, I'm happy for them. Um, I, I'm similarly to how I don't judge... Um, we talk about Dibble by the numbers. I'm not going to judge Giddy by the numbers. Like, I, I hate knee-jerk reaction things, and that's what the social media age is filled with. It's like someone has a good game. It's like, he's the best player ever to play. They have a bad game. He's like, he shouldn't be in the NBA. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. So I want to see it develop. I want to see him kind of find his own and find his feet. Good thing is, the positive thing is, he's playing 30 minutes a game. So they're putting trust in him to do it. And, and that, was the, that was the thing I think we, we said. I think we both agreed on the fact that if he gets the opportunity, he has a chance of getting a triple-double because yeah, of his play style. And we said if he boards, he's always going to board the ball. He's always going to find people for dimes. Like that's just what Giddy does. It's the scoring side of it. And to put up 10 points in an NBA game with limited defense is pretty easy to do. So now if this 30 minutes a game continues, um, the triple doubles on the cards. I test wise, I'm still like not sold that he's going to, he's going to be, I don't know. I just don't feel the vibe that he's 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 there in terms of his ability to isolate in one on one settings and and do the rest of it to get to that superstar level and potential to get to that superstar level. Like he's a solid player and he's taking advantage of everything that's coming his way and and I'm I'm hoping he continue to do so. And if if he can continue to get these thirty minutes a game and build on that and put up numbers and you know this most recent game against against Philly, dude, he shot fifty percent from deep, sixty one percent field goal percentage. Like, bro, these are efficient, efficient numbers for the guy. And, you know, he, if he continues to do that, well, that triple-double is going to get that, – that'll get done for sure. Sure. Um, What I do – what I kind of see in him, I don't know, I'm, I was a bit disappointed in how the OKC uh, – how OKC Thunder played him in the first two games. I feel like they're playing him a bit off-ball. I know there was a little bit of a, a discussion whether they're going to play Shea or Shy um, at the one or two and run Giddy at the one or two. And in the first games, I found him corner sitting a little bit, you know, not doing much kind of ball watching. So like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt like they weren't using him to his full ability. But in this most recent game with Philly, um, you know, eight points, five boards, one assist at the half, uh, finished with 19, eight and seven. Uh, he also chipped in four steals. I didn't think the steals were huge. I think they were kind of scrappy steals. Mm. Um, I'm not knocking his performance, but you know, not not a huge defensive performance. But like. Yeah, I don't know. I think they have to play him on ball. And I think sh- even Shay, um, I always get that name mixed up. Even Shay um, has had a bit of a rocky start to the season. Yeah. Um, he did. Yeah, his first two games were pretty bad. I know he played well today. Um, so maybe, maybe you do have to move Shay off ball um, and play Giddy at the one. But definitely, I think OKC, it's kind of evident that they are in a rebuilding year. Um, yeah. And if you're going to lose these games, you have to put Giddy on ball. 30 minutes a game. And if that's what you have to do to have to do to develop him, um, I think that's the right move. Okay. See, by the looks of things are loving Giddy. Um, they're all backing him. 
it just keeps opening up. It just keeps opening up for him, bro. Like I, I do. Like I'm taking advantage of it. And credit to Giddy to putting himself on the map and doing what he needs to do, bro. I gotta have respect for that. But just walks into a club and then first NBA game gets 30 minutes. It's crazy. It's crazy, bro. Like it's crazy. You know, and, and he's taking advantage, bro. So if he can continue to develop. With, with any opportunity I think any young player gets and empowerment and confidence that they build you can start to turn that into tangible results at any point in time the, often the challenge is getting that opportunity and, and and doing that you know what I mean like think about how many young players would play 30 minutes a game and would love that opportunity to shoot the ball whenever they want and play out of the ball screen a lot and do all that there'd be so many guys that could produce um, so I hope Giddy really snatches the opportunity and then he, he finds his feet as an NBA player and you know he can cement himself off a rookie season where he where he averages you know maybe 10 points six assists four rebounds or six rebounds four assists something like that bro that's a that's a 10-year career that's cemented for him I think you know sure. so shout out to him for doing it bro I just want to see how, how he continues to play and, and where that isolation game can take him that's what I'm I'm going to be pressed to see I mean, we saw we saw his confidence in the preseason. Um, he he looked way more confident as a player, even compared to his most recent game in the NBL. Um, he looked like a completely different player out there shooting the shots he did. Um, and then I was kind of shocked when the first two games came out. He didn't really shoot much, um, and I was kind of scared. I'm like, don't don't back off, you know, step on it. And then this game, you know, he came out firing floaters, threes. Um, his confidence looks good. I don't know if it was first game, you know, uh, nerves, but we'll see. I'm I'm happy for him. Um, 19 points, eight, seven, and four steals. Uh, it's crazy numbers. So we're, we're all keeping an eye on him, obviously. Um, and yeah, we'll see how he goes. Thanks. Paddy Mills, Mr. Australia. <laughs> uh, off to a hot start. Um, other than today, um, Nets had a bit of a rocky game. It was an early game. I didn't get to catch it. I will watch the highlights shortly. Um, so I can't talk too much on it, but he shot 20% from the field against Charlotte Hornets, where the Nets lost by 2016. 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mass is bad. Where the Nets lost by 16 to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Paddy pitched in five points, four boards and two assists. In his debut with the Nets, though, against the Bucks, he put up 21 points, two rebounds, two assists, and shot 100% from three, seven from seven from downtown. And then backed it up with a big win in Philadelphia, including a clutch bucket. Um, he took a layup and shot three for three from deep. So he started off the season 10 for 10 from downtown. Doesn't get much better than that. Um, I think he's the only player to do that since himself back in 2013. Which crazy. Is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, how are you liking the look of Patty Mills? Is he going to have to continue doing this since Kyrie Irving um, is out with the, vac- the, with the vaccine situation? Um, and what are your thoughts on this game so far? Um, Paddy's gone same way you said Joe Ingles doing Joe Ingles things. This is just Paddy Mills doing Paddy Mills things, man. Like he's he's a he's a lights out shooter. He's gonna have games where he shoots, you know, one for eleven or one for seven or whatever he shot. Yeah. Recently, and that's you gonna take that with someone like Paddy, and then he's gonna have games where he goes seven for seven like he did. So his, I think how consistent he is, I think will have a bigger impact than people think for the Nets. I think Steve Nash is sold on him being a big part of the team and contributing in a major way and playing crunch minutes. Even if Kyrie's back, he might have some games where he's on the floor. They might go with Durant at the power forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, fresh the floor with Durant, Kyrie and Mills. Like, imagine those three on the perimeter ball in Harden's hands. You know what I mean? Like, it's... 
could be dangerous, bro. So he, he's going to cement himself as part of the rotation. And I think he just he's yeah, he's, he's goat status for, for me with the Australian basketball thing. So I, I'm happy for him and not surprised in any way. The question I want to ask you is, if you're a Nets fan, are you scared right now? I know it's early, early days. It's three games in. They lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in a blowout. I know it's first game. Um, you're kind of adjusting to minutes and rolls. Um, they just lost to Charlotte by 16. And even in the win in Philadelphia, I know they closed it out uh, with a huge play from Harden to LaMarcus. Um, but they were down the whole game. So if you're a Nets fan, are you worried? And how urgently does Kyrie Irving have to come back? Or be traded? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm not worried. I'm a Nets, Nets fan. Love it or hate it, the NBA is, is built on this. It's built on regular season mediocrity and all the big guns come out in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and guys like LeBron have figured that out to a T. Yeah, chill mode, second gear. Yeah, we'll squeeze into sixth seed and then go championship mode. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's figured that out. Uh, so I'm not scared or worried as a Nets fan. Like, it's early days, obviously two, three games in. So I don't think there's going to be alarm bells ringing. The one thing that concerns me a little bit is just, like, energy levels. They look like a bit... Just like they don't care as much. Yeah. And can you turn that on? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think they have the experience and the the cohesion to just be able to turn it on at a drop of a hat. So at some point in time in the regular season, you got to hit your stride and you got to put together purple patches where you just win in 10, 15 games in a row, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not worried and concerned, but I'm a little bit like, ooh, watch this space. Let me see how their energy levels pick up and if they start taking it a bit, a bit more seriously. For sure. Um, there's been a few, obviously we're only three games in, like I keep saying, but who's, who's the most exciting player so far? Surprising. Mm, Lamelo Ball. Poof. I always knew he was tough. I yeah. think he's tough. Like we've said this already, like just change of speed and his feel, his diming ability. Like he has some of the most impressive dimes ever. He could arguably be the best passer in the NBA. For real, like I could, I could make a case for that. The way he d distributes the ball and sees things, and the the execution, like just being able to go full speed and just go up, just with a flick pass and find someone dead in the corner or find someone on the rim. Um, so I think he's super, super elite at that, and he's been super exciting. Like he, he looks good. He's put Charlotte, put the Hornets on his back, and you know, he's come ready to play. So I think Lamelo Ball has been one of the most exciting players um, so far. I'm, I'm gonna go Ja Morant. Um, yeah. I know we had a discussion on a, one of our previous weekly drops, Zion or Morant. Um, Zion's yet to play this season, but I might have to take my answer back. <laughs> um, ja Morant has been killing it so far. Uh, 37 points, 28 points. And then today had 40 points, 10 assists on the Lakers, which they came up short. Uh, he missed the free throw for the game. Um, there should be three. No Memphis. Ja Morant's currently averaging 32 points a game, seven assists. He's looking like an early MVP candidate, which I don't think anyone could have picked. So, yeah, I think he's the most surprising so far. If he can yeah. keep it up, I mean, 32 a game, seven assists on a winning team. Yeah. Could be a clear-cut MVP. I'm going to so, say it. I'm going to say it now because, like, I feel like I want to say it. I'm not trying to be like one of those guys that's just making it up. I never said it online, but offline, I said he was my second sleeper behind Trey Young. Yeah, you plenty of people. I can back that up. I think you said that to me. 
dude, I think John Moran is so, so good. Um, he's good. Just that killer mentality, you know what I mean? That game, did you watch a game today against Lakers? Yeah, I did. Crazy. Bro, he was eating, man. Like, dude, he's the, he, I reckon he's like, he could have like the, the most explosive vert in the NBA. If anyone hasn't seen, go watch his highlights in the first game he, did, he had. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. But he, the, he was, oh my gosh. Watch his highlights against the, in his debut. He's looking unreal. Yeah, he's tough. I'm with that too. I think about Lamelo, and then you just mentioned all that stuff about John Moran. I'm like, far out. He, you're right. I reckon he's like cementing himself as a premier player. Yeah. Um, we'll give you. We'll give everyone listening an update on the Ben Simmons situation. Um, ben Simmons has returned to Philly training. Um, there's a couple snapshots of him leaving the practice, um, not not joining the team for the huddle and the. One, two, three, 76ers. Um, Joel Embiid came out to the Philly fans uh, today, I think, and said on the mic, he's still he's still our brother. Um, we'll take care of him, welcome him back with open arms. Embiid also came out the day before, though, um, and said to the press that he doesn't care about Ben Simmons. He's going to do what Ben Simmons wants to do. Um, Philly came out today and said he's coming back eventually when he's ready. Um, Simmons also apparently confronted the team and expressed how he's feeling. Um, everyone kind of got behind him and they said he's more than welcome to come back, but Simmons isn't mentally ready yet. Also, there were snapshots of him training with a phone in his pocket. Um, crazy, crazy times in Philly. Um, also, while we're on it, I just want to touch on something. Giddy, Giddy went up for a uh, an open dunk today, kind of in the last minute. I think uh, OKC were down quite a lot. And Embiid went up for a block. And they kind of came down hard and fell on the, the hoop stanchion. And the, the 76ers announcer kind of came out and said, oh, I'm not, I, I don't really care about Josh Giddy and his well-being as long as Joel Embiid's okay, which is, which is crazy to hear. I don't know how he can get away with that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Um, kind of crazy how you can say that on live TV. I had a control. Um, he, he got a bit of stick for it though, so as he uh, should, as he should, yeah. But yeah, what are, what are our thoughts on the Ben Simmons update? Anything we can really touch on? Shit, um, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> it's just like seems so crazy, right? Like yeah, everything yeah. you just read out, I was like shaking my head, like what yeah. the hell is going on, bro? Um, different takes on it. I, I flip flop a little bit. At the end of the day, um, um. Ready to see him play. I want to see him play. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I want to see him play. I want to see him back on the floor. I understand there's a lot of things he has to do in order for that to happen. I understand. I just think it's been mismanaged by everyone involved. Yeah. It looks like. It doesn't seem to me that it's just been professionally handled. Could have been done a lot cleaner, a lot better. I think they've everything's just surfaced to the media. And then once they get a hold of it, and once guys like me and you are talking about it, it's just going to stick around, man. You know, it's on every Instagram post. It's on anything he do. If Ben Simmons has a has a has two sugars in his coffee, someone's going to comment on it and be like, yo, he's, lost. you know what I mean? It's just yeah. crazy. Like, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that's going to blow over at some stage and I'm just waiting for that all, all that shit to die down and see him back on the court. Um, but just talking about that announcer, Brad, he's got to go. You can't be saying that stuff. Bro, what the hell? You can't slip up like that. No. That's a pretty big slip up. We'll see. Um, yeah, my, my take on it, I don't really... I don't really care about all this little stuff like you know him and doc rivers had a little heated argument and he suspended one game and he's got mm -hmm. his phone in his pocket like cool 
Um, but what happens behind closed doors doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I can, I can talk about it and judge him on it, but as long mm. as I see him playing soon or if he wants to get traded, as long as he's traded and playing again, um, yeah, I've, I'm still going to back Ben Simmons. I know he's doing all this stuff and I can't really give a negative opinion on him because I know eventually he'll be representing Australia, have the green and gold on, whether that be in three years or seven years. Um, and he will be carrying us. And then eventually everyone will be cheering for him when he's bringing us wins for our yeah. country. But yeah, my take on it is, is as long as he's playing soon, I couldn't care less what happens behind closed doors. And, uh, and then twisting stories and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, we'll get into our questions of the week. Um, I have two for Hesh this week. I couldn't hold on to both. So I will drop them. First one. Start bench cut. Bradley Beal. Damn. Devin Booker. Damn. And Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. Bro, like. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Let me let me think. Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Oh, dude! Like you, you, you put me in positions. Like I'm gonna give boring answers to these things. I'm not. I can't. Do you want, do you want me to give you mine? I'm gonna. I mean, yeah. I'm Wait, gonna before, start before you do. Before yeah, you do. You one second. One second. I just want to explain something. What? Where my head goes automatically, just so I can give you insight as to why it's a difficult answer. I automatically start thinking of who else is on the team. Like what type of touches are they gonna get? Um, what's their production gonna be like? So I think it's so hard to go off like. That's where my head goes automatically. So then it's like, all right, I've got to rein that back. And I'm just going to use eye test. I'm just going to be like, if I don't have anyone else on the team, yep. who am I picking first type of thing, right? You tell me yours anyway, just to get my, and, and reason them so I can see if I agree. I'm going to go Bradley Beal starting. Okay. Because I'm a Wizards fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think he's the, the most natural scorer. Um, I think he's the most talented of the three. Um, and I think he has... I know the other three do carry their teams, but I think it's backed up with a lot of supporting pieces. I think Bradley Beal has the opportunity, especially this year, to carry the Wizards to, you know, a good a good position in the East. Um, and I think he is the most talented. I think you can build a team around Bradley Beal. And I, if you were to trade him, I think maybe Donovan Mitchell, I think Bradley Beal has the most trade value right now. I think any championship team would want Bradley Beal. Second, okay. I'm gonna second, I'm gonna put Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. For the same reason, I think he's harder to guard than Devin Booker. I think he's got that fire lit. Um, you know, he's he's lost a few playoff series. Uh, he just got he blew a three-one to Denver, um, and lost on the buzzer. And I think Donovan Mitchell in the right um, environment, I think he's he's very hard to guard. One of the hardest to guard in in the NBA. So I'm gonna put. Donovan Mitchell and at the and I'm going to cut Devin Booker unfortunately, but I mean Devin Booker, yeah, for the first first five or six years of his career, came fifteenth in the in the West. Um, he's very talented. Don't get me wrong. I rate Devin Booker a lot, but uh, CB3 came in. Aiden kind of developed a little bit, and they brought in pieces like Crowder, and then they started finally winning. So maybe it was because of Booker. Obviously, I probably averaged the most points in that team, but. Um, it took him a while to start winning, you know. I know Bradley Beal's on the Wizards, you might argue that, but Wizards Wizards were winning a lot 
before um, we had a few problems and John Moore got injured. So I'm going to go Bradley Beal starting, Donovan Mitchell benched, and Devin Booker cut. All right, I'm going to go with Bradley Beal starting. Yeah. Uh, I think, like you said, his scoring package is unreal. I think he's probably the most underrated player in the NBA in terms of his ability to score the ball. Um, he's just too nice with it. Um, cool with that. I think I'm going to flip on Mitchell and Booker, though. I think I'm going to put Booker as, number, as my second pick there. Uh, it's like it's it's like a oh, such well, a race. Like, how, do you, how do you justify, it, bro? Like it's think about what Booker can do, and I'm like, yeah, but Mitchell can do this, and I'm like, yeah, but Booker does this, and I'm like, well, Mitchell does this, and it's like, yeah. and then I put Bill in, and I'm like, well, there's certain situations where both of them are better than Bradley Bill too. So it's like it's a hard one, but if I had to pick, I had a gun to my head, and I just had to give you my three, it would be Bradley Bill start bench Devin Booker cut Donovan Mitchell um just I think Booker and Beal have gears to go into like deeper scoring bags and can get buckets whenever they want to I think Mitchell has proven that he can do that at times but I just have more faith in in the other two in that area but Donovan Mitchell to me is still cool but all three of those guys are, are top six seven NBA scorers in the league right now yeah sure. so can't go wrong all right, my second question um, could be a bit of a quick one. Who give me three players in the NBL next year that are on <laughs> Hesh's watch list and players to keep an eye on? Can be anyone from a DP player to a next star to an NBL star to an MVP candidate. Um, you might want to take some time to look at the, the players in the NBL. I've got two of them already. Yeah. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to mention people that you bring up every week. <laughs> E.g., Luke Travers. <laughs> I'm gonna leave Travers out of it because I've 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 done enough for you, Luke Travers, in yeah. terms of my hype up. So I've exhausted that that my spam, my Luke my Luke Travers spam has has run out. So I'm gonna yeah. chill on that for a minute. Okay, got- well, Luke Luke Travers is one, but we won't elaborate on it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Luke Travers is one. I'll yeah. tell you the other two. Peyton Siva. From the New Zealand Breakers. Hasn't been hyped up too much, but man, this guy, I was watching his tape. People aren't ready for Peyton Seaver, dude. People are not ready for Peyton Seaver. I think he's going to be unbelievable in terms of production, in terms of scoring ability and explosiveness and excitement. I think he's going to be MVP candidate and he's going to be right there depending on how the Breakers go. So I've been a big fan of Peyton Seaver since his high school days, college days, Louisville. Like I've liked his game. Little guards, explosive guards. I love picking him early. So he's someone that I'm glad he's in the NBL and and I'm interested to see what he produces. So he's one. I'll give you two more because we said three. Take Travis out of it. Number two is XRM. Once again, I don't think we did it justice when we talked about it last week. We said, yeah, he's tough and he's MVP, this and that. Those who don't know, Xavier Rathamay Mays. Hawks import. If Sorry. you don't know who XRM is, yeah. yeah. This guy is certified, man. <laughs> probably, I think he might lead the league in scoring. The only reason that he might not is because Tyler Harvey's probably going to take half the shots that he's, he should yeah, be getting. Legit. Both of those guys are going to be the, the leading backcourt scorers in the league, without a doubt. One-two punch. They're going to be devastating. And he's just so skilled, so smooth. So he's going to be tough. Okay, so yeah. before you go third, you've got Peyton Seaver, Xavier Rathamay's. Mays. Yeah, yeah, both for the same reason. They're both my MVP type of watch players. I know that I've I've picked some other guys in MVP and I didn't mention those two just because the, the talent depth is so high and 
and I get it. Like it's it's just crazy in the NBL this year. So those two MVP watch list and then guy to watch out for. I gotta gotta go with with my guy, man, Boali Bales. Like I think people are sleeping. I've been working talking to him regularly about King's practice and he's feeling confident, feeling like he's contributing well. And, you know, he's, he's, he's feeling like he's in a good headspace right now in terms of hoping for the NBL season. So if he gets his opportunity this year, based on whatever the Kings roster presents himself with and how they want to utilize him, I think he's going to turn some heads mainly because of how he's going to guard the ball. Yeah. I think he's going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to be like a fan favorite. Everyone knows what they're going to get hundred percent energy. He's going to be loved at that Kings home games and he's going to feed off that energy. And I think he's going to have a great rookie season. Um, sure. I want to watch, watch him closely and I encourage everyone to do the same. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of bias there. I've worked with him for a number of years now. So those are the three for me. I like you, it. You got? Um, I'll give you who I have. I'll answer quickly though. Um, I've got, I have a weird feeling about Nikita, the next star, Taz. I have a very weird feeling about it. Um, I don't know what it is. Haven't seen much footage of him, but I just have a weird feeling he's going to come out and be a big piece of that team. Okay. Um, Tazzy Jack jumpers aren't too deep, but from what I'm hearing through the grapevine, they do have a very good roster. Um, obviously, we know the locals that are playing, but for the imports-wise, I've heard the imports are crazy good. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a weird feeling that this Nikita kid is going to be unreal. Second one is RJ Hunter, MVP candidate. No, no other explanation. I think he's going to really thrive on the Kings team. And I think he's going to come out and have really big performances. Um, we'll see. RJ Hunter. And then my third one is going to be a little bit biased as well because I go for the bullets. But Lamar Patterson. Yes. I like Lamar. Um, he's been commenting a few funny comments. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's in for a big season. He's looking fit. Um, I know in the past he uh, the past two seasons he's kind of looked a bit out of shape. Um, I think he admitted that himself in a in a recent interview. But um, when he plays for the Bullets, he does switch it on and a full season. He played really well for our, for us at the end of the last season. Um, he had a bit of a shocker with the breakers, but when he was with us beforehand. Um, he was up there for the MVP. So I think Lamar Patterson could shock some people. So I'm going to go RJ Hunter, Lamar Patterson, and then Nikita. Nikita's got an asterisk beside it. I like it. I like all three of them. Seriously, man, I know we say this every week. The talent depth is just too too elite this year, bro. Like, we yeah. could have said anybody. We're yeah. missing guys like like Vic Law, yeah. Bryce Hunton, Nathan Sobey, Isaac Humphrey's coming back. He might have an MVP year. Will Magne might find a home as a marquee player as an MVP year yeah. as well. Like there's there's guys everywhere in the league. You know, Jalen Adams might come out busting some guys and, and be an exciting player. Josh um, Majet. Yeah. Make a mob in Sydney, like both Mature and MK, McCall Maker, like both of them are just super athletic, super long. They're gonna they're gonna create some crazy highlight plays this year. So it's yeah. like Zuki, Zuki. Zuki, dude, like every team, like any one of those players we just named has a case to be watched for and just to see what they can do. So for us to pick three is, is tough. It doesn't, it's, it's, if anything, it just doesn't do the NBL justice as to how well they've done in terms of building talent to every team and making it a great league for us to be involved in and watch, you know? All right. Let's hear your question. All right. Got you. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony today. He moved ahead of Moses Malone, moved into ninth spot. 
in all-time scoring. Mm -hmm. If you were to redo the draft class, that 03 draft class, based on their careers and how they've panned out, pull it up now if you need to, to have a look at it. Mm -hmm. Pick your top five in order. Number one pick, LeBron James. No yep. questions asked. Number two pick, I think, with the career they had, um, it, it is. Am I basing it with the team that's picking them? Or no, just no, you're just skill based. Careers and skill set and what they've achieved. And what okay, done. with careers and skill sets and what they've achieved, I'm going to go Dwayne Wade. Okay, but I think Carmelo Anthony is more skilled than Dwayne Wade. Interesting. Um, I think he is a better scorer than Dwayne Wade. Um, and yeah, but I think Melo's had a bit of a rocky career. Obviously, he hasn't won a championship. Um, mm. He's had a few scoring titles, obviously, uh, multi time all star. But I'm yep. going to put D Wade second, Melo third, Chris Bosch fourth. Yeah. I wish we could have seen Chris Bosch's career play out with his heart problems, but um, he might still have been in the league. To, with today, but yeah, we'll see. Um, Chris Bosch fourth, and then fifth, fifth one's tough. Fifth one is tough. I agree with you up until that point. I'm yeah. with that. I think I have to. But fifth one, this is the one I wanted to to pick your brain on. So for those who don't know, fifth, there's uh Chris Kamen, there's Kirk Heinrich, there's Nick Collison, there's David West, there's Boris Diaw. Um, Kendrick Perkins, Leandro Barbosa, uh, Kyle Korver, a few big names, Mo Williams. I'm going to go David West. Yeah, I like it. Um, won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Um, had a decent career. I think I'd take him fifth based on his career. Could have taken Kendrick Perkins, but I think. David West is more skilled. Kendrick Perkins jumps out of mind for some of the wild stuff he's been saying recently. Yeah, legit. <laughs> Guys out of control. I'm gonna flip that on you. I like Kendrick. I like um, what's his name? David West. David West. Yeah, I like it. I like that pick, and uh, you know, I can't really argue it. I'm gonna go with Boris Diaw. Damn. I like Diaw, man. I think he contributed a lot. For every team that he's been on, I think he's had a great international career. He's represented France. He's always put on for them and, and contributed. The Spurs love him and everything he's about. Um, so I think he, he had a great NBA career and, and almost kind of like overachieved for what he what people thought. A bit overweight, a bit chubby, not the most athletic. But he gave LeBron some trouble sometimes, right, when he used to guard him and, and match up with him. So I think he had a hell of a career. Uh, so Boris Diaw gets my my fifth pick in that that draft class. Crazy yeah. draft. Crazy, yeah. Crazy. One of the best. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Remember to follow us and keep listening um, and join us every week. But make sure you guys follow us on whatever streaming platform you guys are listening on. Um, make sure you go follow us on YouTube where we drop uh, the guests, the guest episodes. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at TV. Um, we appreciate all your support and we'll catch you on the next episode.